Santa's dropping off way more than you expected this year. Thanks to Xfinity, the whole family can enjoy great coverage and fast, reliable internet speed up to gig, all at a great value. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. I love to hear from listeners. Shoot me an email. The address is RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or... You can call the vent line and leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That number for the vent line is 772-245-0750. You know, the, uh, the entertainment divisions at the networks have taken over the news programming and as a result um, of that and the contraction in the newspaper business, uh, these news organizations have become more and more desperate to keep their ratings up, and they have basically turned a reality into a reality TV show. They, they focus on the most uh, entertaining and dramatic uh, aspects of every story, and, uh, and that facilitated the rise of Donald Trump uh, because, you know, people needed uh, higher and higher doses of, of uh, plain talk and entertainment to, uh, to keep them engaged. And now the Democrats have, uh, have tried to join in and keep up with Donald Trump, and they've done it, uh, you know, with the, with the help of their media shills, they control about ninety or ninety-five percent of the media, um, and <laughs> and they just are not very good at this. You know, Donald Trump is has the ability to sort of graft or meld the actual interests of the American people in with an entertaining presentation. Um, he is a true patriot that is a you know promised to uh, restore the greatness of the nation and is keeping his promises. The Democrats, on the other hand, are trying to engage in this reality TV show, but they're doing it in the old uh, official establishment swamp method, protecting their interests, forwarding these false narratives that are designed to try to uh, hold on to their Washington gravy train, while at the same time, uh, fighting back against this interloper that that is Donald Trump, and yesterday was, I would I would call it the peak, the peak of this reality TV show, and, and we were presented with sort of a split screen of what's been going on yesterday as Nancy Pelosi and her seven dwarfs, I'm going to call them, they're allowed to have eight managers but they only appointed uh appointed seven of them and they are indeed 
midgets uh, when it comes to elected officials. So Nancy's sort of the Snow White of the Seven Dwarfs. And she held this ceremony, disembowelment ceremony. I can't remember what it was called. Some weird word where she signs these articles of impeachment and then these seven dwarfs march them over across the rotunda uh, from the House into the Senate. So after telling us for weeks and weeks that this is a solemn duty that they must um, pursue and that uh, history has found them and they, they can't shrink from their constitutional duties to impeach Donald Trump because he dared ask about Joe Biden's corruption. Yesterday, she holds a signing ceremony, and she's sitting at this table with about, it looked like two dozen pens, where she's signing these documents and handing out these pens to the assembled seven dwarfs and all of the heads of her committees. And they're laughing and, and chuckling and uh, high-fiving, and uh, you got crazy Maxine Waters up there, you know, uh, holding up her pen. And uh, I guess it was just uh, the culmination of their three-year-long effort to one way or the other try to get this president. And you have to, when you sit there watching this, realize that at the same time all of this is going on, Donald Trump is over there signing a, uh, a trade agreement with China. Whether you believe that's a good idea or not, I don't. Uh, he's passing the USMCA, the rewrite of the disastrous NAFTA agreement. You know, last week he killed the number one Iranian terrorist in the Middle East, Soleimani. He signed the criminal justice reform, uh, lowered prescription drug prices. So while Donald Trump has been using his reality TV star talents to advance the interests of the American people. What have the Democrats been doing? They've been hunkered down desperately trying to fight off uh, any change to the status quo in Washington, D.C. And Nancy Pelosi keeps uh, repeating this mantra that Donald Trump is going to be impeached forever as if this is going to be some sort of stain on his record. And apparently entirely unaware of how ridiculous this rushed, bogus, one-sided partisan impeachment is going to be judged by history. Donald Trump is not going to suffer a stain on his record for impeachment. He's he's going to go on to re-election. He's going to go on to a historic achievement uh, in his presidency, Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler and Maxine Waters and the rest of this lunatic crew are going to go out down in history as having abused their official power and perverted the entire impeachment process. And their faces are going to appear on these history books, and there could be no greater graphic representation of exactly how uh, crazy these p people are. When you listen to them, they sound like something you'd hear from the day room and that uh, in, in one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Here's a clip of Nancy Pelosi babbling on about how 
we have to mark this event in time. It's a very important day for us. And as you know, I'm referenced temporal markers that our founders and our poets and others have used over time uh, to place us in time to emphasize the importance of time because everything is about time how we oh. use it how we make how we uh, mark it and today is an important day because today is the day uh, that we name the managers we go to the floor uh, to pass the resolution to transmit uh, the articles of impeachment to the Senate and later in the day when we have our engrossment uh, that we march uh, those articles of impeachment to the United States Senate. As I've said, it's always been uh, our founders when they started, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary, when Abraham Lincoln fourscore and seven years ago. Thomas Paine, now are the t- these are the times that try men's souls, the times that found us. Again and again, even, even our poets, uh, Longfellow, remember, listen, my children, and you will hear the midnight ride of Paul Revere on the 18th of April in 75. Hardly a man is now alive that remembers that famous day and year. It's always about marking history using time. On December 18th, House of Representatives impeached the President of the United States. And he will be impeached forever. This woman needs to be fitted for a padded room. She's invoking the name of Abraham Lincoln and Paul Revere and uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow to describe what has been an utter and complete sham of an impeachment, a total perversion of our Constitution. Apparently, Donald Trump has driven the woman crazy, and she's found a, 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 a Democrat party that has itself been pushed off the edge and, uh, and lost uh, its touch with reality in, in this reality TV show. So you had these seven dwarfs marching across the rotunda to the Senate, led by bug-eyed Adam Schiff and Jabba the Hutt, Jerry Nadler, and it was a comical scene. It was it was something only fit for a reality TV show, and it's it's um, it's just ridiculous um, appearance. And so they go over there and they bang on the door to the Senate, but the Senate doesn't open the door and let them let them in. And then Mitch McConnell who is the right man for this job, I must say, um, sort of sets the table on what is to come and puts this whole thing into perspective. So by unanimous consent, we have just laid some of the groundwork that will structure the next several days. We've officially invited the House managers to come to the Senate tomorrow at noon to exhibit their articles of impeachment. Then later tomorrow afternoon at 2 p.m., the Chief Justice of the United States will arrive here in the Senate. He will be sworn in by the President Pro Tem, Senator Grassley. Then the Chief Justice will swear in all of us senators. We'll pledge to rise above the petty factionalism and do justice for our institutions, for our states, and for the nation. 
and then we will formally notify the White House of our pending trial and summon the President to answer the articles and send his counsel. So the trial will commence in earnest on Tuesday. But first, Mr. President, some important good news for the country. We anticipate the Senate will finish the USMCA tomorrow and send this landmark uh, trade deal to President Trump for his signature. A major victory for the administration, but more importantly, for American families. So let me close with this. This is a difficult time for our country, but this is precisely the kind of time for which the framers created the Senate. I'm confident this body can rise above short-termism and factional fever and serve the long-term best interest of our nation. We can do this, and we must. Factional fever, he calls it. I would call it factional derangement, partisan derangement. This whole sham of impeachment. You have to keep in mind as this thing gets underway uh, and always remind yourself that these, despite Nancy's high-minded gibberish, the Democrats in these two articles of impeachment have alleged no crimes, no high crimes, no crimes at all, no misdemeanors and zero violations of the Constitution. They keep invoking the Constitution. We have to protect the Constitution. There is no violations of the Constitution alleged in these articles. This is purely and simply a partisan charade where they've hijacked the people's legislature for a political campaign. And if you don't believe me, listen to how Mitch McConnell characterizes Chuck Schumer's comments with regard to impeachment. And a Democratic leader recently said that as long as he can try to use the trial process to hurt some Republicans' re-election chances, quote, it's a win-win. That's what this is all about. The Democratic leader just laid it right out there in case anybody had any doubt. What a revealing admission. Forget about the fate of the presidency. Forget about the Constitution. As long as the process helps Democrats' political fortunes, our colleagues, Democratic colleagues, call it a win-win. Do these sound like leaders who are really, who really believe we're in a constitutional crisis? One that requires the most severe remedy in our entire system of government? Does it sound like that? No, it doesn't sound like that at all. And, you know, you, you just wish that we still had an honest media that wasn't um, totally partisan in its reporting as well. But this, uh, this spectacle that Nancy conducted yesterday after telling us for weeks that this was a solemn and prayerful uh, event in our history where she's, you know, handing out pens and posing for pictures. You know what they normally hand out pens for? Great accomplishments, legislation that advanced the uh, American interests, like, say, for instance, this historic trade deal with China that the president signed yesterday. So I guess it's fitting that the Democrats are handing out pens for their sole accomplishment in this new Democrat House, and that is this bogus impeachment. 
But we got to keep in mind that the bottom line in all of this is, is the Democrats impeached Donald Trump for one reason, because he had caught Joe Biden, their savior of the Democrat establishment, using his office to enrich his cocaine-addicted son. And I believe it goes much deeper than Hunter Biden. I believe that uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi's son, Paul Pelosi, and and, uh, John Kerry's stepson, uh, Chris Hines, were all over there with their snouts in the trough as well. And they had to try to get out ahead of this thing uh, to 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 keep it from blowing up their chances at, at uh, taking back the Senate and the White House in 2020. Even CNN had to admit that this uh, this event where Nancy was handing out pens was inappropriate. Right, and it's is ceremonial. The one thing I will say, and as we were watching it. Um, we are used to seeing um, signing ceremonies, handing out pens at moments of celebration when a president is signing legislation, uh, when even sometimes, in a rare occasion, but it has happened, when the House sends over a landmark piece of legislation. Um, it, was, it was unusual to see that kind of, um, of ceremony and, and making you know, handing out the pens and smiling for a picture mm-hmm. in this kind of situation where the House Speaker has bent over backwards to say publicly and privately, this is somber, this is not a time for a celebration. Understandable, this is history, and the people who are involved want to mark the moment, uh, but I didn't expect to see that. Yeah, yeah that, I thought that was a little jarring and certainly, I think, off-message because you heard Nancy Pelosi there say, in fact, that this was a sad and tragic day, uh, and then there she is holding up the pen and, and uh, having photographs taken with those pens. So, yeah, it, it, I think it was a little off-message for someone who has tried to set a very serious tone. It was off-message. It was off the official narrative, but it was exactly uh, a, a representation of the reality of this bogus impeachment that Nancy Pelosi says will be a permanent stain on Trump's legacy. Wrong. This is going to be a permanent stain on the Democrats for abusing the impeachment process in the Constitution. And Donald Trump is going to put the lie to all of this when he sails to a landslide re-election in 2020. So we, we got this split screen yesterday. Nancy Pelosi smiling and high-fiving and posing for pictures and passing out pens. Here's an interesting aside. These pens that she was passing out were engraved for the the ceremony. And the Democrats couldn't even do that right. They misspelled the word unite on the engraving, which is ironically appropriate because there was no unity in the House behind this. The president was impeached only with Democrat votes. Three, I think, Democrats broke and voted against impeachment, and all of the Republicans voted against impeachment. So the president was over at the same time all of this was going on signing this trade agreement with China. Now, I uh, am opposed to signing any trade agreements with China. I think we need to... Um, start pulling back on our engagement with China. We need to decouple. We can't do it all of a sudden because so many American businesses have foolishly 
rushed in over there to uh, to do business with and and manufacture in China. But we need to start, uh, I would say, a, a three or four year process of decoupling our economy from China. But Doug Weed, who has appeared on this show a couple of weeks ago, he's a presidential historian and has written um, the only authorized uh, account of the Trump White House was on, um, I think he was on Varney's show and had this to say about yesterday's trade deal. Well, I've been saying, and most of our guests have been saying, that this is an historic agreement, and it will be an historic event in the White House. You're a presidential historian. Does it meet the smell test of an historic event? Well, you know, a lot of people may disagree with me, but I think this is the greatest Sino-American event since uh, Nixon's trip to China. And let me explain that. We had four presidents, two that I knew very well and traveled with and went to Chinese food with. Four presidents preside over the largest transfer of wealth in world history outside of the Middle East. And that was the wealth of the American middle class to China, the whole WT scenario, worked with Republican establishment, Democratic establishment, reaching its peak under Obama with $500 billion trade deficit. And I interviewed Donald Trump for the book Inside Trump's White House. He said this day would come, and it was going to come, and I didn't believe him. But he was right, and he pulled it off. Charles Payne, this monumental? Absolutely, and I think bringing up the World Trade Organization, uh, it's been a second time as a reference. Liz brought it up once before. You know, people who pushed back against President Trump fighting this war kept saying, well, we already have the World Trade Organization. And by the way, we won every dispute. We don't win anything. Um, They never have the power to enforce the victory. So if you go historically, look at the last 30 years, we end up refighting the fights we already had. So we can win, but they never had the ability to force China to change. This is why our dispute resolution resolution in this deal means so much more than a dispute uh, resolution in the World Trade Organization. But, but Charles, yeah. Well, what the president has done is use, it, use his executive authority to impose crippling sanctions on Chinese products that have um, caused the uh, uh, Chinese economy to slow to a crawl. And he, uh, in his yesterday's uh, agreement, he kept on um, tariffs, I think 25% tariffs on about $250 billion of Chinese imports to give him additional leverage for the second phase of this agreement, the uh, the stock market, which we are concerned about because uh, most people's retirement funds are invested in the stock market, reacted positively on this agreement and uh, and set yet another um, record Dow Jones closing. So the president has been working hard to advance the American interests. Bernie Sanders on uh, at the debate on, uh, I guess it was Tuesday night, announced that uh, not only will he not support the president, uh, but he will not support the revisions of NAFTA that are designed to put more Americans to work and, uh, and narrow our trade deficit with China and Canada and with uh, Mexico and Canada. The major environmental organization has said no to this new trade agreement. 
because it does not even have the phrase climate change in it. And given the fact that climate change is right now the greatest threat facing this planet, I will not vote for a trade agreement that does not incorporate very, very strong principles to significantly lower fossil fuel emissions uh, in the world. So Bernie Sanders, and he's not alone in the Democrat Party, a lot of other uh, uh, Democrats in the Congress want to hold the USMCA hostage to the climate change hoax, the global warming scare. So the Democrat Party that used to be for working people's interests has been hijacked by radical environmentalists and and Marxists who travel around the country on private jets lecturing us about how we have to uh, have to get off of fossil fuels. It's going to be fun to watch this whole thing develop. We're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at James O'Keefe's and this uh, expose he's done on the Bernie Sanders campaign. You're going to want to hear this. Stick with us. There's going to be two commercial messages, and then we'll be right back, right here on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. A daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. So it's been very interesting to watch the media's reaction to these undercover videos that uh, Project Veritas has caught this Bernie bro, this uh, Bernie Sanders field organizer, uh, on tape threatening violence in the street, threatening to send Trump supporters to re-education camps and gulags. And uh, on yesterday's show, we played you some excerpts from that. And now I've got the first part of this Project Veritas expose. It's, um, it's, let's see, it's, how long is it? It's nine minutes long, but you're going to want to hear it. The really interesting thing about this whole development is if, if you can just imagine, if you will, if they had caught a Trump organizer on video 
threatening violence in the street, threatening to burn cities down, threatening to put people in re-education camps, threatening to engage in all of this violence. Can you imagine? It would be the lead story on every network and cable newscast, including Fox News, by the way. There would be calls for members of Congress, Republican members of Congress, to denounce the president. There would be they would be camping out outside of this miscreant's home. But this story has not appeared in the pages of the New York Times or the Washington Post. It's received no coverage on the network TV or the cable uh, shows. It, it it did break through on uh, on Tucker Carlson's show because Tucker Carlson apparently has such high ratings that he. Uh, does not toe the line over there at the Fox News Channel. So it's left to alternative media, including this show and others, to really put forward exactly the mindset that's going on inside the Bernie Sanders campaign. We know by looking at history that the Marxist impulse is one of uh, despotism and oppression that jails its enemies, responsible for over 100 million deaths in the last century. And this guy, this Bernie bro that James O'Keefe and Project Veritas caught on camera is a commie right out of central casting. He looks looks for all the world uh, like someone that would have worked in Stalin's police state. I'm going to play this clip for you. It's a, it's a little over nine minutes long uh, because you will not be able to hear it on the mainstream media. Like free speech has repercussions. So if Trump gets reelected, what? Cities burn. The only thing that fascists understand is violence. So the only way that you can confront them is with violence. It's a directive from Bernie that we can't attack Warren. I think it's also fair to point out that when we were in Moscow, for example, people here also were extremely impressed by their public transportation system. Meet Kyle Jurek, a field organizer in Iowa for presidential candidate Bernie Sanders. Jurek says cities are going to burn if Trump gets reelected. These are worrisome words from someone who works for a man running to be president of the United States. Now, the evidence shows Kyle Jurek has been in politics since 2018, when, according to these FEC records, Jurek was paid $500 while working for the Democratic Senate Campaign Committee. The FEC records also show he has worked for the Sanders campaign for over six months. And so far, Jurek has earned nearly $11,000. Yeah, they, they seem emboldened. They have been emboldened by, by Trump, all that rhetoric and shit. But they are scared, senseless of anti-fascists. Like even like even like the ones that are kind of like you know the right-wing people. The only thing that works, the only thing that fascists understand is violence. So the only way that you can confront them is with violence. So if Trump gets reelected, what? And cities burn. What we gotta do? Yeah, I mean, we don't have a lot of time left. We have to save, like, human civilization. And obviously, Trump, and don't give two about 
making sure that the world doesn't burn. If Brady doesn't get the nomination, Brady goes to the second round and wins the convention. Milwaukee will burn. Milwaukee will burn. It'll start in Milwaukee, and then when they and when the police push back on that, and other cities are just We'll burn other cities. Are you ready to be in Milwaukee for the DNC Commission? What I'm going to say. Oh, I plan on being there. What about Des Moines? We're going to make 1978 look like a f***ing Girl Scout f***ing <laughs> What does that mean? Remember what happened when McGovern got f***ed in, in Chicago in 1978? Riots. F***ing people get beaten by the cops. The cops are going to be the ones that are getting f***ing beaten in Milwaukee. You're going to call it the National Guard for that shit. The cops are going to get beaten in Milwaukee. Jurek is clearly very radical, but also very confused about his political history. He talks about riots in Chicago in 1978 when George McGovern was running for president. In fact, the riots were in 1968 when Hubert Humphrey was the Democratic nominee. McGovern ran for president in 1972, and there were no riots that year. If Bernie doesn't, if if they f***ing take Bernie from us... Then we have nothing else left to lose. But it all costs whatever it takes. Um, and that's why, like, when they're like, oh, anti-fascists are violent, it's because we're willing to go above and beyond what the law says is acceptable. Like, oh, free speech, yeah. Like, they try to be like, you know, oh, you're a victim, or you're, you're against free speech. No, we're not against free speech. We're against hate speech and if your speech free, free speech is something that like these people shouldn't exist then i don't give a f- if it's free speech or not you don't need it like free speech has repercussions yeah you, there are consequences to your Right? And if your speech is calling for the elimination of people based on race or gender or uh, uh, religious, uh, like for whatever reason, like things that people can't change, then you should expect a violent reaction. And you deserve a violent reaction. Because, like, that's just not an acceptable thing. It's not acceptable. And they get to decide. People have suicided themselves that have been related to the Clintons in some way or another. It's fucking insane. Kill the Clintons? Baby, revolution. Kill the Clintons? Revolution is on. Let me tell you something about this revolution. No, we we don't got to kill the Clintons. We'll make them kill themselves. How's that? Reign of terror. It's clear in Jurek's idea of a revolution, Democratic candidates like Tom Steyer and Mike Bloomberg wouldn't be safe, and in his world... Networks like MSNBC or even moderate liberals wouldn't be immune. Throw down? I'm ready to throw down now. I don't, I don't want to wait and have to wait for <laughs> Yeah, with who though? Who, who's you going to throw down with? Billionaire class. Media. Walk into that MSNBC studios, drag those up by their hair and light them on fire in the streets. Guys like that. What are we gonna do with them? Gulag. <laughs> Liberals get the fucking wall first. What are we gonna do with those people that resist the change? Because that's a big deal. Well, I'll tell you what. In Cuba, what do they do to reactionaries? They shot them on the beach. 
You want to fight against the revolution? You're going to die for it, motherfucker. Jurek also has some pretty harsh words for Sanders' rival on the left, Elizabeth Warren. He is particularly critical of her staffers in Iowa. They're like sending canvassers to our events. Like, we had the climate summit with Naomi Klein and AOC. And Warren campaign, campaign people show up, want to table the event, want to set up a table for Warren at the event. We're like, get the f- out of here. This isn't a Warren event. You're not coming in here and f-ing scooping up people? Like, no. No. It is a competition, you know? I mean, yeah, like, we're not on the same team, guys. Like, you know, like, I know you guys like to say, like, hey, Warren's just like Bernie, but a woman. But guess what? You done? We're not on the same team. Yeah, I, I put it. Bernie's a bad judge of here. So, like, he has, like, uh, Weaver, who, uh, who is his, like, one of his, like, campaign, like, like senior advisors. Uh, is a shit fucking human. But he, like, but he likes him. You know, Bernie likes him. Bernie's, you know, Why is he he's 78 shitty? years old, and he's, like, set in his ways, and he, like... Yeah. You know, that's one one weakness that Bernie has is he's a bad judge of character with some people. Like he loves Elizabeth, like he's friends with Elizabeth Warren. He's friends with some you know. What can you do? Uh, I mean he Bernie has like kind of started opening up lines of attack against Warren. But he keeps it. But he keeps it policy based. People tell me that at on the doors, like, yeah, you know, I like Bernie, but ah, that's enough. I mean, uh, he goes on there, this guy, to talk about, uh, you know, the the Democrats are gonna uh, the the far leftist Democrats, the Marxist types are gonna vote for Elizabeth Warren because she's a female. And uh, he he throws a tantrum about that. It sort of plays into this whole meme that Warren's people had put out there that Bernie Sanders told her that she couldn't win because she's a woman. But could you imagine if uh, if any Republican candidate had, had been caught with somebody like that on their staff, a paid staffer? You know, they haven't even gone to Bernie Sanders and asked him if he has fired this guy. And I searched the media. I can't find any confirmation that the Sanders campaign have even distanced themselves from this guy. Because they don't have to. They don't have, they're not under the kind of scrutiny their Republicans are. Now, obviously, this guy is a, a nut job, but it shows you the kind of nut jobs that are attracted to the kind of Marxist ideology that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are putting forward. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Does your current bathroom need to be updated immediately? Introducing One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling, the complete and hassle-free way to get the new bathroom of your dreams in as little as one day and for as little as $1.99 a month. Yes, the experts at One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling will come to you anywhere in the country and show you all the customized options. Now you can have a brand new bathroom in as little as one day. Large or small bathroom 
bathrooms. If you want a new bathtub or shower installed, we can do it in as little as one day. And if you call right now, you can save $750 off your remodel. We make it easy by offering you financing as low as $199 per month. Call now to schedule your free in-home consultation. 800-693-3152. 800-693-3152. 800-693-3152. That's 800-693-3152. So on Monday, the New York Times ran this long-winded story claiming that Russian hackers, Fancy Bear, had hacked in to the servers of Burisma Holdings, the Ukrainian national gas company that paid Hunter Biden millions of dollars for this no-show job. He never even went to the Ukraine. He attended two, during the years that he was serving on this board, he attended two seminars and apparently did nothing else for those millions of dollars other than putting a bug in his daddy's ear to uh, fire the prosecutor that was looking into Burisma. But the New York Times is claiming that these successful attacks on Burisma uh, were discovered by an American Silicon Valley security firm. And these, uh, these attacks were supposed to have taken place last November. The paper claims that the hackers were searching for embarrassing information against Joe and Hunter Biden. Well, we, we know that the last time that they claimed that embarrassing information was revealed and claimed it was done through a hacking, that was done uh, by, uh, uh, that was the FBI just taking the word of CrowdStrike and that uh, the FBI never were allowed to actually forensically examine the, crowds, the uh, DNC servers. And there's no evidence, zero evidence, at this point, that the, has been made public that, in fact, the Russians hacked these DNC servers, zero. And now we've got this new hack of Burisma that's going to expose embarrassing information on Joe Biden. And we learned that the latest accusations are from a company called Area One Security. Well, what do we know about Area One Security? Well, we know that Area One's founder is Blake Darshall. And according to Darshall's, uh, Darsh, I'm sorry, Blake Darsh, according to his LinkedIn page, he was also one of the founders of CrowdStrike, the very same firm that the media told us hacked into the DNC computers but never provided any proof of their claims. So on Monday, the Washington Post reported that Burisma was hacked in this phishing scheme, and this reporter breaking the story claims that um, that Blake Darsh and Area One Security uncovered this. In fact, he was the very same people that perpetrated this last hoax. Here is a a report from Reuters picking up this New York Times and Washington Post reporting and running with it. 
Russian hackers reportedly targeted a Ukrainian energy company that plays a central role in Donald Trump's impeachment. A U.S. cybersecurity firm said Russian military hackers tried to penetrate Burisma, a natural gas firm where Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden's son had a seat on the board. Donald Trump pressed Ukraine to open a corruption probe into Burisma, Hunter Biden, and his father's role when he was vice president. Democrats in Congress accused Trump of abusing his office for political gain and voted to impeach him last month. The allegation raises fears that alleged Russian cybercrime might again play a role in a U.S. presidential election. So wrap your mind around that. If we discover um, information that confirms what is pretty obvious on its face and that that was Hunter Biden was using his father's position as um, the head of policy in the Ukraine to protect his benefactors, Burisma, that were paying him up to $3 million, then that will be somehow discredited because it was uncovered by the Russians, the rascally Russians. And already you've got reporters out there claiming that if this information, if and when this information comes out, we won't even know that it's true because it's from the Russians. Leaks uh, the way we saw in the hacking in the 2016 election. Another big concern, if they do release information that's purportedly uh, hacked from Burisma, we may not even know if what they release is actually accurate, true information or not. Yeah, we won't even know if it's accurate information. It's been discredited now because the very same people that said that the Russians hacked into the DNC computers are now saying that the Russians hacked into Burismas, and they're they're trying to get out ahead of the negative information that's going to be coming out, confirming that yes, indeed, Joe Biden was engaged with Hunter Biden in this corruption in the Ukraine. This is all ahead of uh, a new book that Peter Schweitzer is putting out. Um, what's it called? Tales of Corruption or something. It's going to blow up uh, Joe and Hunter Biden and a bunch of other um, politicians in the swamp. It's already uh, gone to number one on the Amazon bestseller list and is yet to be released. When it is released, we'll try to have Peter Schweitzer on and give a full uh, report on the book. So Democrat darling Michael Avenetti (laughs) has been arrested. He was marched out in handcuffs by federal agents uh, at a disciplinary hearing at the Bar Association in in, uh, Los Angeles by IRS agents. This is the guy that was the darling of the left-wing media. I think he appeared on cable news and these left-wing shows almost 300 times while representing Stormy Daniels and her claims that uh, she had an affair with uh, Donald Trump, a one-night stand. She was ultimately um, forced to pay Donald Trump's legal fees when all of this um, shakedown fell apart. I've got sort of a long montage for you. This is almost two minutes (laughs) of these left-wing talking heads praising Avenatti. 
is Donald Trump's worst nightmare. Michael Avenatti. Joining us once again is Michael Avenatti. Let's bring in Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti, thank you very much. He's out there saving the country. Don Meacham says he may be the savior of the republic. You are something of a folk hero now. I owe Michael Avenatti an apology. I've been saying enough already, Michael. I've seen you everywhere. What do you have left to say? I was wrong, brother. You have a lot to say. I uh, am just dying to hear what you think. These people all like you. I'm the only person right here Donald Trump fears more than Robert Miller. We think you guys are the tip of the spear that's going to take down Donald Trump. Right. Michael Avenatti is a beast. Okay, that's true. And he, he's a beast. He's a beast. I hand it to yeah. her and I hand it to Michael Avenatti. But he has a great, bigger calling here that being a lawyer is minimal compared to what he's doing. No one has talked tougher directly to Donald Trump on TV than Michael Avenatti. And Donald Trump is afraid to mention his name. That's fascinating. Donald Trump is terrified of Michael Avenatti. Now, this Trump a run for his money more than anybody else, Michael Avenatti. An existential threat to the Trump presidency. The Democrats could learn something for you. You are messing with Trump a lot more than they are. He has no doubt created sheer panic in Donald Trump's very fragile mind. Michael Avenatti is laying down the law as guest co-host. And is he really thinking about running for president? Uh, one reason why I'm taking you seriously as a contender uh. is because of your presence <laughs> on cable news. You look at the field of Democrats right now and Avenatti's the one who stands out. If they decide they value a fighter most, yes. people would be foolish to underestimate Michael yeah. Avenatti. I have always said that they need a fighter. Look, I mean, we're going to continue to use the media. Uh, I think we've used it with great success. They were going to make this guy president. They was going to challenge Donald Trump in the 2020 election. They, he was their savior. He was going to deliver them from the meanie Donald Trump. Frog marched out of that, uh, that courthouse in Los Angeles yesterday in handcuffs. He violated his uh, his the terms of his bail. He was let on a, out on bail when he was caught trying to shake Nike down for twenty million dollars. Apparently, he received a, a million dollar settlement from one of his clients, and instead of reporting that or using it to pay some of his back taxes, he went out and um, put money down on a luxury apartment, bought a new Mercedes Benz, and started taking lavish vacations so the irs caught up with him and marched him out in the handcuffs and apparently um this was not the first time michael Avenatti had thought about that all of my sexual fantasies involve handcuffs uh. oh. <laughs> oh. oh oh my god you can't make this stuff up that's what i'm talking about this is this uh sort of reminds you of a a reality TV show. So I'm trying to find this clip here. Here we go. Um, so Meghan Markle married Prince Harry over there. And now she's saying that uh, she, she's not willing uh, to do the work. I think they work about three months out of the year that's required of a member of uh, the royal family. And so she wants to keep her title and keep her, her stipend and, uh, and bounce out on the royal family and shirk her duties. She wants to keep all of the benefits but none of the responsibilities. And here's a clip of Katie Hopkins, a, uh, my favorite observer of what goes on over there in the uh, United Kingdom talking about Meghan Markle. Come on, clip. 
Waking up to the news this morning that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have basically told the royal family to do one. They haven't told the Queen about their plans, they didn't speak to Prince William, but what they do plan to do is keep a hold of their royal titles, keep a hold of Frogmore Cottage that the taxpayer paid for. They enjoyed their fabulous wedding where Markle got to be the centre of all attention. This is classic Meghan Markle and something that many of us said would happen all along. She was disowned or removed herself from her own family, came over to the UK. We could see trouble coming a mile off. This woman has always been absolutely desperate to be a celebrity and never wanted any of the commitments that go with serving one's country as a member of the royal family. I think this has been appalling behaviour by Prince Harry. He used to be the best of us. He used to be naked everywhere. He used to be in Vegas with the most beautiful women. He used to be a serving member of our military and he was a jolly good egg. He was the most fun prince we had. Since he met Meghan Markle, he's become like a vegan at a wedding. He's the guy nobody wants to sit next to anymore. And finally, his castration is complete. <laughs> that woman saw her golden ticket in Prince Harry. She came along. She's removed him from his family. Prince Philip was seriously ill over the Christmas period and Prince Harry didn't even get to spend time with him. I hope the Queen strips them of their royal titles. I hope they are cast out from the royal family. And they're talking about being financially independent. Big deal, babes. You're 40 years old. Get a grip. Leave the British people alone. Leave our royal family alone. And stop prostituting our royal family for your benefit. I'm glad you're going to be gone. And I feel sorry for North America that they're going to be enduring more of you. Well, I feel sorry for us, too. I don't think the Brits are going to miss Meghan Markle at all. She said she will. Ref- she's refusing. She wants to move back to Los Angeles to become a celebrity, but she's going to refuse to do that until uh, Donald Trump is no longer president, which I hope uh, lasts as long as possible to save us from being bedeviled by this uh, this fraud. And the Canadians can have her. I think uh, Justin Trudeau has allocated about $650,000 to provide security for uh, Harry and Meghan, and and y'all can have them. So I got one more story for today's show, and that is West Virginia. The Senate has adopted a resolution to remind Virginia residents that they have a standing invitation from 1862 to become part of West Virginia. West Virginia, you recall, broke away from Virginia uh, during the Civil War. And this week, West Virginia has once again invited persecuted Virginians, pro-Second Amendment people, to come and join their state. They passed a resolution through the the State House in West Virginia inviting... Virginians that support the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution to leave Virginia and come join West Virginia. You know, it's not unprecedented. It's happened before in our history. And and I think it'd be a great idea to leave the old Commonwealth of Virginia, just those counties surrounding Washington, D.C. Maybe they can... um, Maybe they can then incorporate the District of Columbia and um, and have their little leftist utopia. Well, that takes us to the end. Thanks for joining us. Hope you'll join us again tomorrow. 
I've been working at Santa's workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill. When you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can get a powerful Internet experience and nationwide coverage on the most reliable network. Choose the data option that's right for you. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Based on root metrics by IHS Markets Root Score reports 2H2020 of four mobile networks. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com.